Well, good morning. So thankful that we can be flexible and spontaneous in our worship service with the rain. The last two Sundays that we worshiped together outside, we had absolutely gorgeous weather, and so uh, this feels about right to get, finally get a rainy day on a Sunday morning. It's been a lot of rain this year. When I was in high school, the church that I was a part of had a, was a part of a church league, basket, uh, basketball league, and they had their, a church basketball team. And the coach, who, the, the person who was coaching the team, he was just a church volunteer, and he was recruiting people from within the church to come and play on the church basketball team. And because I was tall, he invited me to come and play on the basketball team. And so he told me a game. I, didn't know, I don't even remember if they had practices, but I didn't go to any practices if they did. I don't think they did. Uh, and so I showed up, and truth be told, I hadn't played basketball for uh, many, many years, and I wasn't actually even sure what all the rules were. That maybe seems hard to believe, but I, I just like the technical details of the rules, I wasn't totally sure of. And so I showed up at my church's basketball league, and a few minutes into the game, I was subbed into the game to play, and immediately, like within 10 seconds, I made a fairly stupid foul and as soon as I made the foul the referee blew the whistle and there is a dead ball and in that dead space the coach then pulled me out of the game I was in the game for like 10 seconds and then he sat me down on the bench and I was never put back in the game for the rest of the game this is a church volleyball uh, league or church basketball league it's just volunteers but he took this very seriously it was very competitive and I was not contributing in my 10 seconds he could see that I, I didn't have what it took to be a part of the church volley, uh, volunteer team, and so I was out. So I spent the entire game sitting on the bench. And it's a pretty bad feeling to show up and try and participate and contribute and help your team win, and all you do is sit on the bench. I started thinking, why am I here? I couldn't see a lot of purpose in me being a part of this team, and so when I was invited to come back to the next game, I thought, I don't think I'm going to go. I don't need to just go and, and keep the bench warm. I, I, I think I have other things that I would rather do. And so I never came back. And as I think about kind of what's going on in our world around us in the midst of this pandemic where so much of life has been shut down, I'm aware that many of us feel as though we are riding the bench of life. And the result is that... It, this pandemic has left some of us feeling a bit purposeless when we're spending so much time just sitting at home in quarantine. There are a few people who seem to be living lives that are super important, healthcare workers or politicians debating the next round of stimulus or people who work jobs at essential services. But many of us have had our contribution to society diminished or significantly reduced or maybe even removed entirely. And so there can be this sense that we're kind of, it feels a little bit like we're riding the bench of life. I'm aware this is especially true for kids. Uh, right at the beginning, so many activities got shut down. School, the nature of it changed so much. Uh, sports, uh, a lot of it has ceased completely and only now is slowly starting to trickle back. 
And the purpose of a child is to be a part of all these activities where they can grow physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and intellectually. But many of the places where kids are doing this, fulfilling their purpose to do this, have been shut down. And so there's a lot of time just sitting at home. So whether you're an adult or a kid, this pandemic has left many of us feeling a little bit like we're riding the bench of life, like we're not able to contribute to society in the way that we were. The things that gave us meaning and purpose before, the things that we threw our energy into have stopped or changed so much that we're now left spending a lot of time sitting on the couch and feeling like we're not contributing very much to society, like things the purpose that we had in the past has been paused. And we're left wondering, what am I doing? What's my life for? What's my purpose? And it's not long before, after you've had this feeling for a few days or a few weeks or now even months, that this purposelessness can, can start to seep deep into our bones and there can be questions of despair, feelings of despair and hopelessness and maybe even worthlessness. And the reason we feel this way is because you and I are created to contribute. We are made to work. This is clear from the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis. When God creates us, we are then given a task called to work. You and I are created to contribute. This is true even if you're a kid. You're wired to give back and contribute to the communities that you're a part of. Make a difference in this world. But when we're in a pandemic like this and we're stuck sort of riding the bench of life, it can feel really hard. It can be really discouraging to be stuck when we're created and wired to contribute. And the thing about our passage for today is I think it can offer us some help. In the midst of a pandemic where we can often feel purposeless, because so many of the things that animated our purpose before have been shut down, this passage has the capacity to give us a purpose in the midst of a pandemic. Our passage has been called by uh, some people Jesus' purpose statement for his life, sort of his mission statement for living. He's living in a time where there's a lot of people who feel super discouraged and despairing about their future, not unlike us. Many of the ancient Israelites in his days, they were riding the bench of life, excluded from opportunity and power, cut out from a lot of the important jobs in society. There were a few Jewish people who kind of ascended, but for the most part, the people who were significant and had status and power and wealth, they were the Romans. Most of the Hebrew people in Jesus' day felt like they were kind of on the periphery of society, sort of riding the bench of life. And Jesus made it his purpose to go to these people who felt like bench warmers in life, like they weren't doing much or contributing, and announce good news to them. And here is how he, I want to read the passage again. Here is how he describes his purpose statement, his mission statement, right at the beginning of his ministry. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. I'm called to do this because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, send me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight, proclaim recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' mission statement is captured in this simple phrase, to proclaim that now is the time of God's favor. His purpose is to go to people who feel like bench warmers, who feel worthless, 
and declare to them that they are now the recipients of God's favor. These are the people who, who are being told that they didn't matter, that they didn't have value, that they couldn't get in the game, so to speak, and contribute. And no one wanted them. Jesus' mission was to go to all of those people, say, now's the time of God's favor in your life. It's his mission to let them know that God is for them and favors them. And that simply means that God sees them and loves them. Not only that, but God wants them. That God is passionate about them. And he's looking for ways to be good to them. These people who are bench warmers in life. It's Jesus' mission to announce this good news to the people who are least likely to believe it. He came to proclaim God's deep desire for these people in a society that had deemed them not important, rejected them, and deemed them unfavorable. The poor, the people who are captive, the oppressed, the people who are sick. He comes to proclaim the good news that now is a time of God's favor. What do you think that means? If Jesus goes to the bench warmer and says, now is a time where the person who's in charge of the world, God, the, you could maybe even say the coach, now you're in the coach's favor. If you're riding the bench of life and someone tells you that you're now in the coach's favor, in all likelihood you're thinking, that means I'm going to be put in the game. And you might be tempted to think, I'm going to be rich if you're poor. I'm going to acquire status if you're a nobody. Or I'm going to have power if you're oppressed. And there were some instances where there were these literal reversals. Jesus literally re he healed the sick and literally brought freedom to the oppressed and money to the poor. That's especially clear in like the story of Zacchaeus when after Jesus interacts with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus goes out and pays back every person he oppressed and cheated out of money and then takes a lot of the money that's left over and just gives it to the poor. So clearly, Jesus doesn't give money to the poor, but clearly because of his ministry that starts to happen. There's a literal reversal of oppression. But by and large, the primary thing that Jesus is talking about when he's talking about God's favor doesn't mean he's going around to proclaim, I'm going to just start giving everybody money or status, success, or power. It's not that he's putting you in this game that you feel excluded from. I, it seems to me like it's more like an invitation to play a different game. At the heart of the good news of God's favor is this spiritual truth that God gives himself to us and invites us to live new lives. He comes to dwell within us, speak words of love to our inner life, and then the deep inner needs within us that, that, drive, that, that often drive us to try and answer this anxiety that's within us through the accumulation of wealth or status or power, they start to be answered through the love of God in a, in a different way. So the good news that Jesus is sharing with us, the favor is God's love coming to us in a way that transforms, changes the game radically. We now have worth because of God's love for us and value, regardless of how much money we have. 
We belong, not because of our status in society, but because God has chosen you. God has chosen you. Not because of beauty or power or achievement, but we are chosen and loved and valued by God. And this is the exact opposite of the messages of poverty, oppression, failure, sickness, hardship. These are the things that make us feel like we're excluded, like we're benchwarmer, like we have nothing to contribute. When we're in those spaces in the game of life out there, we are often stuck saying, what's wrong with me? Why won't the coach put me in? Why am I struggling in school? What's wrong with me that I don't have more friends? What's wrong with me that I can't move up at work? What's wrong with me that I can't afford what he has? What's wrong with me that no one likes me or is attracted to me? This is the messages that all of these people who are benchwarmers of life are experiencing. And Jesus comes and proclaims God's favor and invites us to, to experience this new reality of God's love. And we all struggle with this kind of what's wrong with me mentality or sentiment when things don't go well. And in various, everybody, even the most successful people in various aspects of their lives, there are places where they feel like a bench warmer, like they're not contributing or they don't have value. And they're asking the question, what's wrong with me? In a pandemic, we struggle with this even more than usual. And what Jesus is coming to proclaim is in God's eyes, there's nothing wrong with you. You are deeply loved. You are deeply desired. You are chosen by God. Now is the time of God's favor to you. And getting this message out, because when we know this, it transforms everything about the way we experience the world. And getting this message out, this was Jesus' mission in life. It was his mission to let people know that even when their circumstances were bad and it felt like they were worthless and a bench warmer, that God was passionately in love with them and looking for ways to bestow his favor on them, on you and me. Proclaiming this message was Jesus' purpose in a world full of bench warmers. And it can be your purpose and my purpose too. Think, think about the people around you family members, co-workers, neighbors. Are they discouraged? Are there areas of their life where they maybe feel like a bench warmer, like they're not contributing or having value? What if you and I took Jesus' purpose and made it our own purpose? What if we made it our own purpose to proclaim to them in word and deed, not just verbally, but also in the way we treat them, that God is passionately in love with them. How would that change our interactions? So how would you treat your brother or or your sister differently if it was your purpose in life to communicate to them in word and deed that now is the time of God's favor for them? Or if you're married, How would you treat your spouse differently if it was your mission this week to communicate to them how delighted God is with them? Not how critical God is of them, but how delighted God is in 
them? Or how would you treat your coworkers differently if it was your mission to proclaim to them in the way you responded to emails or answered text messages or were on a video call that they were uh, deeply enjoyed by our Father in heaven? If you interact with someone from a different cultural background, someone who does something differently than you, how would you change the way that you act towards them or interact with them if it was your mission to communicate to this person in word and deed how happy God is about the way that they are made? If you're a kid, how would you treat your mom and dad differently if it was your mission your purpose this week to communicate to your parents how happy God is with them, how much God loves them, how delighted God is in them. Even though the world has slowed to the call, a crawl and the normal things like playing sports or, or moving up at work, the normal purposes of our day seem out of reach, you and I still have a mission. Jesus still invites us to engage in a work. On a spiritual level, we aren't bench warmers. We are God's ambassadors, bringing a message that God is deeply in love with the people around us in the way that we talk to them, in the way that we treat them, in the way that we interact with them. This can be our purpose. We can have the same mission that Jesus had. We can make it our purpose to proclaim that now is a time of God's favor and treat every person we interact with in such a way that they start to believe that God is passionately in love with them. Would you consider making this your purpose this week? Let's pray. God, in the midst of a crazy, weird world, there's a lot of boredom and a lot of downtime, and we are often looking what, what are we supposed to be doing? What are you calling us to do? God, help us to carry with us this message of love in word and deed this week and beyond. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.